Hello, everyone, and welcome to FanWith Episode 3. This is the official FanBite podcast where we talk about video games and uh, usually just how much we hate capitalism and other things. Uh, if the last episode is to be any indication anyway, um, this is your host, Steven Strom, once again, uh, the managing editor of FanBite.com, accompanied, as usual, by the other managing editor of FanBite.com, Merit Kay. I like the as usual because two points is a straight line. So that is a trend. Exactly. Um, but it could drop off after the next one. It, there's no way of knowing at this point. No, I'm too reliable for that. As we've known, as we all know from the setup process that had just happened, that we just spent the last half hour doing, I am very good at this and know exactly what's happening. Oh, no, no, no. I wasn't. I was. That was not uh, an indication of your ability. It was just at my appearance as usual. Um, because who knows what the future holds? Maybe someone else will be on next gotcha. week. Gotcha. I see now. I see. Okay. So you're just yeah, you're trying to yeah. give us the soft out. You're trying to make sure that the fans, uh, the, our millions no. of adoring fans, know to Steven, expect you to leave. I'm just trying to inject a little mystery into everyone's lives, okay? <laughs> okay. No, that's fine. I appreciate that. Uh, and also joining us for the first time ever on this show, which is not super surprising considering we've only done like two real episodes of it, is Sabriel Mastin. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for coming into my basement. Yes. <laughs> we are coming to you live from Sabriel's uh, bunker, I'm going to call it right now, uh, to t- with a single microphone, but, you know, it's everything's working out in the end. It's all good. Sabriel, do you want to tell people where you work and who, who, what yeah, you do? Yeah, so I'm Sabriel Mastin, and I predominantly work in the Overwatch arena, the Overwatch world. I work for Overbuff.com as a content creator and their social media support and all that jazz. I also have a show called Pulse Bomb Ready that does Overwatch esports headlines. And I, uh, you know, that's a good way to do it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah nice. I just talk about Overwatch a lot. Yes. Uh, as somebody who eats out with her frequently, um, I can tell you she talks about Overwatch a lot. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it comes up. Uh, so yeah, this, uh, is kind of the first episode where we're going to kind of introduce our idea of having rotating guests to come in and talk about different things, different topics throughout the week on our kind of news things. Uh, last week we had Dylan from the Fan by Proper, but in the future it's probably going to be a lot more freelancers and people from other websites like Sabriel, and they're going to talk about all kinds of different things, but, uh... For right now, I think we were just going to jump right into kind of uh, what we've been up to this week, all three of us. Um, why don't you start, Merit? So I've been playing the hot new game that everyone's crazy about, Apex Legends, where Donkey Kong has essentially put a curse on your entire family, um, and you have to uh, defeat him over a series of trials to undo those hexes and uh, maybe come up with something that is like a good joke that isn't what I've just been saying for like the past five <laughs> seconds. But to be real, I did play Apex Legends for about half an hour a couple days ago, and as you know, Steven... I got a little salty, mm-hmm. as I want to do. One time I got so mad at Overwatch that I rage quit not only the game, not only did I uninstall the game, but I canceled my uh, my PlayStation Plus membership. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't quite as bad as that because I didn't have a PlayStation Plus membership to cancel this time because Apex Legends is free to play. Um, but I did start playing with strangers, and... Um, so the first time I played a Battle Royale game in a few months, um, I was really into PUBG when it was first coming, kind of coming out. Um, I, I played Fortnite maybe like four times. Um, and so 
off the bat, like there's a lot of stuff that were re- that was really cool about it. Like I like the whole jump master thing. Um, I like the class based thing, but my team kept jumping into places that were hot. Right. And uh, I would say eight out of my 10 or so games ended in less than 60 seconds as uh, we all got ganked immediately. Um, the one that didn't end really quickly was pretty fun, but um, I think, and I think I did get a couple of kills. Oh, really? So I was pretty proud of myself. One of them was with that big revolver pistol that I loved from Titanfall 2. The wingman. The wingman. Um, so yeah, I've been playing that. I uh, finally finished Breath of the Wild, which, um, I mean, anything I could say about that game at this point would be superfluous. So moving on. Um, and then I started playing um, Hollow Knight, which again, kind of an older title, but I've been going through some of the big hits on Switch. Oh, and nice. um, once I finished Breath of the Wild, I was like, okay, I can move on to something else that's going to like eat up my entire life for the next six weeks. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, Hollow Knight, definitely one of my absolute favorite games of last year, even though it didn't come out last year. It came out on Switch, and that's kind of like all that matters, really. Uh, yeah. You've been liking that a lot? Uh, I'm pretty early days into it. Um, it's very weird. I mean, it's. I think what I like about it so far is that it does the Super Metroid thing that I like, which is atmosphere. Um, I think a lot of people... Well, this is... <laughs> I'm going to talk some shit generally right now. Not about anyone specific, but just the way that people... Maybe just the way that people think about um, Metroidvanias is different from how I think about them. Because for me, like, the most important part isn't, like, the gating and, like, the mastery of the, the map and stuff. It's, like, the really weird atmosphere of, of the Metroid games. Um, and so this game really seems to do that well. Um, like, I was just wandering around, like, what the fuck am I supposed to be doing? And then just, like, oh, I actually don't mind that because it's so beautiful and gorgeous and creepy that I'm having a really great time with it. I'm glad to hear that. I think, uh, Sabriel, you had also tried Hollow Knight, right? No, no, no. no. I've been playing, um, what's the, the, the one with the, oh, gosh. <laughs> Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight. Oh, oh, oh Shovel okay. Knight. Uh-huh. Another indie knight. Uh, do we want to take odds on whether either of those will show up in Smash at some point as more than an assist trophy? Uh, I would say Hollow Knight has a pretty good chance. The fact that Shovel Knight is already an assist trophy tells me that probably... Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a little too late. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Hollow Knight um, feels like yeah. such a Switch game at this point to me. It does, although it's like a non-Japanese indie developer, so we'll see. Right. Um, but yeah, that's basically all I've been playing. Um, my roommate finished playing Kingdom Hearts 3, so I'm done with that. Um... And yeah, I, I watched a new TV show, which I haven't done in a long time um, because I'm lazy. But uh, I watched Russian Doll last week and it was really good. It was a good show. Okay. I was like, yeah. I actually want to seize on that for just one second because... Seize. Yes. I, I want to... Guards, <laughs> seize this comment. I want to seize this moment in time before it escapes us. Because I have no idea what Russian Doll is, but I, everybody on Twitter that I follow has been talking about it for like the last like three straight days, and I haven't had the time to mm-hmm. Google it. So please be it's my Google. It's Groundhog Day, but with Natasha Leone, and instead of the day just starting over... Um, she keeps dying and then going back to the same point in time. So is it Happy Death Day? And do you know what I'm, what that is? I 
don't. I, I, I vaguely no, okay. am aware that that's a horror movie, but it's kind of like a, a dark comedy, I would okay. say. Um, and um, it's very mysterious. Um, definitely not one of those shows that wants to give you like, oh, here's what's going on. Like it's, it's less interested in like the, uh, the particulars of the situation than in how the characters deal with it. Okay. Which, um, I think is really cool. That is interesting to me because like happy death day is definitely a horror movie or as well, but it's also way more dark comedy and they're coming up with a sequel very soon here. Uh, that is, seems like it's leaning way There's into a that sequel out. It didn't just come out. I just heard about it like two days happy ago. Death day? No, no. I think like, honest trailers did an honest trailer for it. And oh, that's really? the first time I'd ever heard of the show. <laughs> or the movie, whatever it is. Yeah, it's a movie. It okay. was a movie. It was like from two years ago or something like that. Good gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going out with the sequel, and I, I never saw the original, but the sequel trailer makes it look like the Crank 2 high voltage of horror movies, and... Oh my god. Yes. Because it's like, the whole premise in the first movie was that the main character, you know, she's being like killed by a scream style slasher the whole time. And in the second movie, she's got stuck in the same time loop again, but the killer from the first movie is already dead and there's more killers after her. So she needs, she realizes that she needs to start restarting the time loop on her own. So she starts killing herself in more elaborate ways over and over again, much like, oh my God. much like crank style and whatnot. And it seems nuts. And I'm all the way can here I, for it. Can I just seize on, on that? Yes. For a moment? Please seize I, on if that I, moment. If, if I could. May I? Yes. May I? Um, how is it there that there has never been a crank video game? Because I was talking about this with, um, again, with my roommate the other day, and uh, crank is a video game, uh-huh. right? It has boss Like, battles. how is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has quick time events. <laughs> how is it not a video game? Bree, are you familiar at all with the crank? Uh, <laughs> the closest thing to crank I am familiar with is crank yankers from, okay. uh, so I've never okay. heard of this before. Uh, well, in in many ways it's the same, except instead of puppets making prank calls, it's Jason Statham having to keep his heart rate above a certain level or he'll die. Oh, there was a game show about that a few years ago with uh, the tennis guy. Wait, sorry. What? <laughs> I like that what? none of our cultural crossover. <laughs> the Venn diagram between all three of us is just like three distinct circles <laughs> on a piece of paper. Except less death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was, oh, was it the chair or something like that? They the had chair? A, was, oh, God. What's, what's Angry Tennis Guy? Uh, Angry John McEnroe. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they would put you in this... Uh, McEnroe. Okay, yeah, they would put you in this chair, which is also a chamber. Maybe it was called a chamber. The chamber, but, okay. um Where you'd have to answer questions while they're doing that. They would do things like heat the thing up or start freezing I it down. Do you remember yeah. this? They were also... This was over 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, this, this is how recent my pop culture is. And so uh, they would also super make it really cold. And people would start like, frosting over and getting ice. And the they'd all have to keep their heart rate at a certain rate or they'd lose. This is no uh, so. Okay, what you're, what you're, the, I see the. Am I mixing two shows? You're thinking of an episode of Black Mirror. No, no, I've only seen <laughs> not one a episode. real thing. I've only seen one episode of Black Mirror, and that okay. was a Star Trek one. No, I, I believe they you. had to. Okay, but this was the reverse. This is like reverse crank because they have to keep their heart rate below a certain thing. Like, well, well, John McEnroe is serving tennis balls at their fucking head. <laughs> Something like that. It's like the most passive like American Gladiators reboot ever made. <laughs> <laughs> but could they have picked a better host? Like, but yeah, no. Or Crank Rams. is the opposite, where he has to. Uh, if his heart rate drops, he will die. So he's like running around raining hospitals and just like shooting himself full of uh, like adrenaline. Uh, adrenaline. He, 
Yeah, he's just like getting into fights. He, uh, he jumps out of helicopter. He's like uh, finds his girlfriend at one point, and they have to have sex in public because he needs to keep his heart rate going and stuff. So it's just like increasingly ridiculous stunts and stuff like that, putting himself in danger because he's been poisoned by like an injection that is like a special poison that's meant to torture him. It's like it's constantly slowing down his heart. And he's trying to. He knows he's going to die, but he has to find the bad guy and kill him before that happens. <laughs> Um, this sounds ridiculous. I love it. Well, and then the sequel, Crank Two: High Voltage, is he dies at the end of Crank One. He falls like he, <laughs> he falls like two thousand a million miles yes. from a helicopter. They literally scoop him up off the ground with a snow shovel at the beginning of Crank Two. They scoop his corpse up off the ground and fit him with a, a, an electric car. Well, by the way, everyone, welcome to our Crank Cast. <laughs> this is our Crank Fan Podcast. Uh huh. Um. And, yeah, they fed him with an artificial heart, but he has to keep the battery going, so he's constantly trying to find ways to electrocute himself throughout all the entire second movie. And so he's, like, you know, tying himself, his nipples up to car batteries and all kinds of wild stuff like that throughout that one. There's a part where they recreate the sex scene, but his girlfriend isn't around, and it's not adrenaline anymore, so he has to find an old lady who has, like, a, a, a sweater, and he's, like, rubbing up against her the whole time, trying to generate static electricity on his body. <laughs> all right. Oh, my God. Uh, there's like a, this dude what's in Fast and Furious. Yes, this is... Oh, God. <laughs> yes, this is Shaw, the fucking villain who killed Han, who they have now welcomed back into the fold with the Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw, starring The Rock and Jason Statham, even though Shaw fucking murders Han in Tokyo Drift... And they just welcomed him into the family. It's you see, Fast and the Furious is oh, about yeah. family. I know it. I okay. love Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Merritt, do you know what we're talking about now? <laughs> I do know of the Fast and the Furious. Okay. I think I've seen two of them. Um but no, yeah, I'm I'm aware. I know. I, I don't know who those characters are, but uh I know who I know it's about family. So well, you would think that, wouldn't you? That's what they keep saying. That's the tagline for those movies, is that it's about family. But the guy, the villain from like seven, I think it was seven, Jason Statham murders the, one of their friends from the third movie, and they retroactively go back and say he was murdered by this guy. And then they by the end of that movie, they welcome Jason Statham back into the fold and he's like, You're part of the family, even though he murdered part of the family and then they don't address that well, and now he's got his own spin-off movie family's about forgiveness <laughs> that's kind of like in um in dragon ball when they just are like oh vegeta's yeah. the good guy now he, he did kill like a lot of people but yeah. it's fine and it's also like in um well i guess i probably shouldn't say because that game's still pretty new and like statute of limitations and everything yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Jason Statham kills people in that one too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the I, I know, right? What a twist. <laughs> Cranked him hearts three, starring Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> um, God damn it. Um. Anyway, I, what about you? What are you up to? What are you up to? What am I up to? Oh God, I have been playing the. Uh, also been playing Apex Legends. Um. I. It's weird. It's uh, my version was very different. I played the uh, the other. I played the multiplayer mode mostly, so I didn't see any of that Diddy Kong stuff. Uh, I do need mm-hmm. to get to the single player campaign at some point because that does sound fascinating. Totally. Um, I mean, they're the best at single player FPS campaigns. Right. So. Respawn. They really know what they're yeah. doing. Sabriel's giving me a look like she thinks that we're actually talking about something real. Well, I was like, sure. I played a bunch of Apex and I don't remember seeing a single player option. I don't remember seeing anyone talk about a single player option. But I was, I was going with it. I was just gonna <laughs> just wait this one out, and then Steve saw my look. I was referencing uh, Merritt's uh, hilarious joke about how Diddy Kong uh, hexes a bunch of people. Yeah, I was waiting for that. I, to kind of... I really did appreciate that callback because it was a really, really good joke. Yeah, uh-huh. and I find the the measure of a good joke is when you um, 
when you say like, "Oh, that was a really good joke." Right, right, right. Like instead of laughing, just saying Especially that. Especially when you um, call your own joke as good joke. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know. That's what they call who, topping the joke. Who is the best judge of comedy? But the joke maker, By the jokester, right? I don't know. <laughs> just tell me what you're playing, Stephen. <laughs> I have literally just almost been entirely playing Apex Legends. It's kind of wild especially coming off of the previous episode where i basically said i don't think this genre is for me because i have now figured out yeah that, i remember that yeah i don't i don't know what it is over this weekend i just like i probably I must have put in like 20 25 hours into it over the course oh, of the boy. weekend I, including friday let's 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 be real here it was like a three days kind of thing uh i played a lot of it and basically nothing else in my life and i don't know I do. That's not true. I know exactly why this one kind of like speaks to me a little bit uh, more, and it's because it doesn't require a fucking T eighty five calculator to understand how to get through anything in this game. <laughs> you you drop down, you get a gun, you shoot people. It feels good because respawn knows how to make shooting feel good, and I don't have to know how to build a house or how to, oh yeah how to do math on like how many smoke grenades or whatever I have left in player zones uh, or yeah. Can you can you calculate real quick the the drop of the um you know you have to take into account the curvature of the earth right, right, right. for the sniper rifle mm-hmm. and then also use those triangles to do something so like you basically do have to be a real a real sniper right. <laughs> to snipe in that game whereas this is kind of like oh i know what the alternator is because i played titan totally. too and it's garbage mm-hmm. give me something else mozambique one of the best tweets i saw yeah. regarding this whole thing was someone posing the question can someone explain to me what makes apex better or different from fortnite and the response is when you shoot someone, they don't turn into an eight-story building. <laughs> <laughs> I think I spiked the microphone on that, but that was too good. <laughs> That's extremely, extremely good. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's exactly it. I tried Fortnite. I have. I gave that game its fair shake. I gave it probably the same kind of weekend I gave uh, Apex, where I was yeah. just trying really hard to get into it, and it just it never clicked. It just it was. I yeah, I couldn't do it. I just you know, it's like they say when you're younger it's easier to learn a language because your brain is more plastic. I think Fortnite is kind of a language and um, we are just too old to pick that up at this point. Whereas younger people, um, they just start doing it and it, it comes really quickly to them. Right. And it's super smart too. Cause like that game, it plays off of a language that probably a lot of kids who are even a little bit older, probably closer to our age now. Right. Yeah. Already knew, which is Minecraft, you know, it's it's Minecraft, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, I speak a language and that language is Dota too. I put like 3000 hours into that game or whatever it is. <laughs> and that was the, that I, I took French instead of German kind of situation. And like, I could tell you for days about like armor values and damage reduction and stun durations in Dota too, but I can't wrap my head around Fortnite. And I don't want to is the other thing too, because like the shooting in that game is just not good. And I know they work on it and they've made it better over time and stuff like that, but it's, it's still, they're working from a deficit. Whereas, uh, Respawn is working from Titanfall 2, the best shooter made in the last 15 to 20 years. <laughs> so they've only got, like, up to go from here, I guess. Uh, and, yeah, it just feels so good to do that. And, like, the the very Overwatchy uh, type abilities and stuff like that actually does maybe tap into some of that Dota 2 language and stuff like that with alts and whatnot. Like, Overwatch definitely mm-hmm. worked that into a first-person shooter format. So I've kind of gone from... MOBA language to hero shooter language to hero shooter battle royale language and now I just I'm hooked I'm I'm way all the way on it uh with Apex Legends for at least for now we'll see how that changes this week because it is packed this week um this Thursday and Friday uh to be specific but yeah uh for the time being I just 
I can't get enough. Uh, Sabriel. Say, did you watch anything in this last week either, or has it been all Apex? I think it's probably. I don't watch. Well, no, that's not true. What did I watch? I watch. I literally just watched. Um, I'm all caught up on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Five: Golden Wind, uh, which is very good. <laughs> Another thing that I'm sure Sabriel knows everything about, <laughs> but is she's looking at me. Uh, Merritt, am I? This is maybe this is presumptuous of me. Are you a JoJo's fan? <laughs> you feel like you well, would I am be. Looking, I am looking down at the jojo tattoo i do have directly on my hand so that you can always see it unless i'm wearing gloves which is basically never um so i guess i would i would say i kind of like it yeah yeah uh-huh uh-huh yeah uh okay yeah. so you know so say real you're not uh into it at all well Barrett, i've never been introduced to it you've never really, been interested to it. no I, I just mean like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you you have not tried it uh Merrick, you sound like kind of a casual fan uh, by the sound of it. Mm-hmm. I, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you been keeping up on the new season? I feel like I don't even have to ask. No. I Well, actually, no. Oh. Um, I didn't even finish part four. Oh, no. So I've read all of the manga. Um, so I guess, I don't know. Like I, did, I finished part three, and then I started watching part four, and I loved the way that they were adapting the material visually. Um, and at some point I probably will sit down and watch them, but like with the manga, I was like just reading through it like years after it had been Mm. published. Um, and I didn't start on part eight because I didn't want to be like keeping up with it. I just want to have something done that I can just like watch through. Um, so probably, I don't know, maybe I'll wait until part five is done and then just, um, just catch up. Um, but part five is good. Um, it's maybe the least like the rest of the show right. in terms of just like connection to the, the bigger story but it has really great characters um sabriel for just like a really quick version um part five of jojo's bizarre adventure is basically about a boy band that tries to take over the mafia in italy <laughs> that's yes <laughs> there's literally a dance number <laughs> They literally have a choreographed dance number that they do when they're torturing a man. Uh, someone uh, someone drinks pee, but not really, because he turns his tooth into a jellyfish mm-hmm. to suck it up. Oh, as you do. Yeah, of um, course. Yeah. As you do. Um, someone... They live inside of a turtle. Th- uh, they live inside of a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the villain's power erases time somehow, and no one's really quite sure how it works. The sort of meme for it is that it just works. Um, because It just works. King Crimson just works, baby. FYI, for the, um, for the anime viewers out there, we have not gotten to that villain yet. <laughs> I had no idea that was a thing yet. Well, I, that's not really much of a spoiler. I'm sure, I mean, um, whatever. Like this, Part 5 has been out as a manga for like 30 years. It's been out as a manga for a million years. Um... But yeah, no, it's um, it's good. Yeah, um, I I was going to say when you mentioned like that, you know, the the um, anime came out so much later. I did remember that one of the main lyrics of the part four, which just came out like two years ago, a year and a half ago, or something like that. Um, one of the main lyrics of the opening song is "1999 is your summer." So I was just <laughs> had to think back to this for a second. It's like, oh yeah. yeah, well, part four is set. Yeah, it's set back then. Um, and like the newer ones are set a little more contemporary yeah, i guess like but also like the choice of songs for these is so good so part four oh the God. closing theme was um savage garden mm-hmm. um like i want you i think mm-hmm. that song's called and the first and one is, oh my gosh you're kidding me no 
the the for part one the the big famous meme for part one was that the ending theme song was Roundabout by Yes, and it it would always end on a cliffhanger. But just as the cliffhanger was starting, the ding 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 ding, I'll be around about. Yeah, that was a big thing for a while. Oh, yeah. Um, the, this, the closing, uh, uh, track for part five, at least the first part, mm-hmm. I don't know if it changed, is, uh, Freakin' You. Freakin' You. Which, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 some of the lyrics to that song are, um, every time I close my eyes, I wake up feeling so horny. Uh, so that's sort of the theme of that part of JoJo. Oh, so little bit of extra context for this for you, Sabriel. I sent... So I went shopping for Boys Love Manga this morning <laughs> um, at Barnes & Noble, like you do, uh, and bought uh, some new stuff. And I sent Sabriel a picture of the display that they had at the Barnes & Noble in the manga section. And the one display they had, the entire rack of it was just uh, Yuri and Boys Love uh, mangas. And then JoJo's Part 3 with the uh, picture, uh, and it was like the whichever chapter of that has Dio on the front cover, just shirtless, just looking, staring into the camera <laughs> in his like famous pose with his like arms out that way. <laughs> uh, JoJo's cool. is horny, is, is, uh, what I, is what I'm getting at here. It is one of the horniest uh, action anime in the world. Um, yeah, it's good. <laughs> All I can think of is, is Honda Bookseller. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have no uh, shame looking something. at all of this. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, it's a good show. Yeah. Good shows. Both good shows. So that's what I've been watching. I watched. I was watching some Naruto last week. I've fallen off of that because boy, that's a lot of filler. Um, I was trying it. I was trying to is get that, into. Naruto. Is there is there filler in Naruto? I've never heard that. It's <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, you know it's it's not. It's not. I mean, that it's bad. a pretty short series, right? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, season one is not terribly long <laughs> i mean it ran for what like 50 episodes or something? yeah uh, mm, uh you might be missing a zero there actually i think <laughs> uh <sighs> i did look at the uh the episode listing i was like okay because because i've just gotten off of in the last year or two i've watched like hunter hunter for the first time which has just became one of my absolute new favorite things of all time uh, i mm-hmm. love hunter hunter um and i really just wanted that kind of like here's a bunch of characters that are all best friends and they like each other and jojo's part five has kind of been doing that but it's not as like friendshipy that none of the main characters kind of like trust the actual main character Jorno in this one the way that they do Josuke mm. in part four and then Jotaro and everybody in part three everybody's friends uh from part two onwards from part two to part four it's all about friendship really for horny friends that uh are totally it just... becomes more about friendship in um in five in part five later okay. um but yeah no that is that is true it's a little more tense um so there are apparently uh 220 episodes of the original naruto uh-huh. and then naruto shippuden mm-hmm. <laughs> there are 500 episodes yes, there are. <laughs> so uh so that is more than the 831 episodes of one piece <laughs> that have aired as of april 8th 2018 mm-hmm. so recently uh, well, uh, I, what I would do for months, I had Frasier on in the background as a background show while I was doing other th- other things. Mm-hmm, there are 11 mm-hmm, seasons mm-hmm, of that. Mm-hmm. And so I was lamenting on Twitter saying, like, I need a new show. You know, I think I'm going to try this Naruto thing out. I I knew nothing about this show. So I just mentioned, I'm going to have this show on as my background. That was a huge mistake. I got so many responses <laughs> talking about, like, 
don't watch this entire thing, or you're going to love this. Here's an episode guide list of things that are not filler. And like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I had no idea what I had gotten into. And so far, as my background show, I've gotten one and a half episodes in. Are you saying people on the internet have oh. opinions about anime? I know, it's weird! <laughs> I didn't see that coming! I mean, Naruto is a lot like Frasier, right? I mean, they both have a lot of filler. Like, Frasier, there's so much oh, filler God. in, like, the main arc. Because the main arc is, like, Niles Daphne. And then after that, the show just doesn't really know where to go. Just like in Naruto, when he does the ninja thing. And then afterwards, they're like, what is it now? Like, what do we do now? Oh, I guess he has a kid. Right. That's um, the whole thing with Naruto now. Whereas in Frasier, he, he has a kid from the beginning, but they don't really know what to do with him. So they do make him a goth later on. <laughs> they did. Yep. Fraser's son becomes a goth. Um, and uh, Fraser gets to make a cool dad joke about how um, he's not really a goth because of Visigoths and stuff. Oh my so goodness. So that's fun. I... Say, real, what are you what are you doing besides yeah. uh, starting Naruto? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm surprised I didn't hear either of you talk about this game I was trying called Apex Legends. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I was surprised like, that didn't come up at all. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I What's that? No, what is that? Uh, yeah, it's a shooter guy game. Yeah, shooter guy game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's like no. Doom. Just like Doom. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. Just like yeah. Doom. No. Oh my God. The experience <laughs> everyone else in the world has, I do not have with this game. Battle Royale games do not speak to me at all. Apparently, this coming from someone who read the original Battle Royale and watched the original movie <laughs> and loved them. Apparently, that does not translate into video game land. Yeah. <laughs> Can I can I mention the the thing that I was kind of thinking was like my theory about why this, you don't gravitate towards this based on the one game that you have very much gravitated towards in recent years, which is Overwatch. Oh yeah, which yeah. Is, which is that it, it feels to me like the, and this is what I actually thought for a minute there that I didn't like about it, uh, and maybe still don't. But like if you if, if you get into the fight, you shoot and then you die or you win or you kill. There is no overarching goal that you're working towards. Like you're not there's no infrastructure. Mm. Like you're not pushing a payload. You're not taking a control point. There's none of that stuff in here. Do you think that maybe has anything? It's to do with possible. It? I also had a hypothesis why these games don't speak to me is I get no combat experience. Mm. You, you sit there and collecting yeah. gear for others to get off you for twenty minutes. And then, uh, while combat happens, I'm dead in five, six seconds. And then, all right, there's my six seconds of combat experience to take into the next game. That's right. And, yeah. Merritt was saying the same thing, basically, in Slack. Yeah, no, that is tough. Um, and even though I played a lot of Titanfall 2, like, I had a really hard time um, in my first few matches. So I'm going to give it another shot, because I think Steven, we, and um, John are going to play together. But... Yeah, no, that's a really big problem. And I think PUBG and maybe Fortnite, I don't know. Um, PUBG at least has the advantage of having that training area. Mm-hmm. Fortnite does that as well. Um, for, and um, so far, Apex Legends doesn't have anything like that. I mean, there is like a training mode, which maybe I should spend more time in. It's terrible. Um, it's, it's, it's nothing, though. Yeah, I know. But the thing is, in those games, yeah, what always happens to me is like, I just get ganked out of nowhere by someone I don't see coming. And um, then it's another like minute to get into another match so like right. it's kind of frustrating right yeah so like on a lot of the battle royale, battle royale games i have played this is the one i've enjoyed the most i do like apex for that regard like when i get in there though like i know a lot of the terms because i watch streamers so <laughs> but um you're on the internet yeah i have that yeah uh <laughs> no joke there uh but so, like, we go in there, like, I need green bullets. I need red bullets. I don't know these guns. Mm. I know, the only guns I know is there's a Spitfire gun, because I'm a fan of London Spitfire from Overwatch <laughs> League. And I know there's a longbow that isn't actually a longbow. 
Right. Those yes. are the only two guns I know. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I actually think that these are completely valid arguments, and it's actually something that I'm I'm kind of working on, kind of maybe a list of things that I would I think we would like to see in Apex Legends, even as somebody who really likes this game. And one of the things that I really think they dropped the ball with in this is that there is no training mode area like PUBG and uh, Fortnite. I, there is that one little like 45 second training thing that they run you through, yeah. but it's nothing. <laughs> it, it's and I wonder if this is partially a byproduct of the fact that this game came out like in overnight like it was yeah. Titanfall 3 and then they changed it to a battle royale mode at the last second I think there are a lot of really interesting good things in there that kind of make the, some of your problems um, th- that alleviate some of your guys' problems later on once you get more into it yeah. if you have somebody who's really good on your team like the ability to respawn your allies like call them back in via dropship yeah that seems really cool if you can get to that point yeah, <laughs> like, I've had- yeah no someone did respawn me at one point oh, nice. and it was like oh cool although the thing about that is that even if you're um dead to the point of like because there is a window for that i think and it, it eventually passes seconds, i think yeah and you can't be respawned at all anymore. I found out that if you quit during that window, you don't get credit for the match. Right. So you do have to sit there and wait for your last guy to get killed. Right. Um, which is kind of a bummer, but I guess I sort of get it. But um, yeah, also the inventory management stuff. I guess I, I feel like I didn't have as hard of a time of it in PUBG. So mm. maybe I just need to give it more time. But I think I'm maybe just a casual like um, battlefield noob who just wants to like run over ammo mm-hmm. to pick it up and oh. not have to worry about like... Resident Evil or Diablo fucking moving shit around in my backpack. Um, it could, but, uh, it could absolutely do some better stuff around, like, okay, it, it does some really good stuff on that front, I think, with, like, telling you, hey, this ammo does not fit any of your guns. It's in your inventory. Here's a big, giant red yeah. X on it right now that will tell you. Okay, yeah, yeah. But also, if you have a gun that uses heavy ammo, and you've got four stacks of heavy ammo, it's, unless you just play a bunch of that game, there's really no way to tell, like, do I actually need four stacks of the heavy ammo, or do I need one stack of heavy mm-hmm. ammo, and is that going to be enough to carry me through any game? Because one stack of heavy ammo is going to take up the same slot as a health pack, or, like, six health packs if I want to, and then, like, that can make a huge difference. So, like, a training mode of some kind, a better training mode, would, I think, alleviate some of this problem. Some, some kind of, like, tip system that would show you some of that stuff, because right now it's just, like, get a feel for it, I guess, but there's no training mode area to get a feel for it in. The one thing I recommend to people out there if they are having this problem is to try and uh, drop onto the loot barge, which is a floating thing that always comes from the south of the map. Uh, where you will just instantly get into a fight, and it's uh, it's do or die. There's there's guns everywhere. You will get into a fight immediately, get some practice in, and either you will win and be able to continue on the game because there's no fall damage, so you can just jump off anytime you want, or you will lose, restart, and try all, all, all over again. Which is a hacky little solution that I like, but is not by any means like a real official thing that you should do. <laughs> that you should have to do. Um. I do appreciate the inventory system. I appreciate that the thing automatically just shoves crap onto your guns if it's uh-huh. on the attachments like, are all automatic, yeah. I'd be playing PUBG. I'd be like, anyone need this item? Like, I have no idea what that does. I have no clue if I need that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I appreciate that. But um, I love the ping system. I wish Overwatch had something like that. But other than that, like, no, no, no. I was like, I, Apex, like, no, I don't need to play this anymore. Oh, I did get a chance to try the uh, translate speech to text because <laughs> like only one of my friends is home so i was like i'm gonna play this with him and we get into this guy and this guy is like he obviously knows what he's doing uh-huh. but uh I, i'm not gonna listen to anybody i have enough of that in overwatch i don't need people yelling at me so speech text most of it was just fine but i hear like portugal every now and then like what is he trying to say <laughs> and then when um we were getting rushed by some guys and uh we both died instantly my friend and i and this guy is like our carry and he's just like 
all it just comes across in big caps. Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> so that was my experience with that. I, I, I laughed super hard when you mentioned that specifically because I mentioned this in a, a work meeting, so you've heard the story already, Merritt. But uh, I have had the opposite experience with the text-to-speech system, which is I went into a match with a nine-year-old kid who just kept Anybody got a microphone? Anybody got a microphone? Anybody got a microphone? Over and over and over again. And then when nobody responded, he just started typing into this chat over and over again. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> again and again and again and again again. I, I love, I, near the end of the thing, when I respond him, he just like hammered on the G key. So it's just like G, 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 for like solid straight five fucking minutes. Oh I'm not God. kidding. That is something else I would like to see in Titanfall or Titanfall Three. Uh, in Apex, <laughs> yeah. no, not at all. As Merritt and I can attest, uh, that was something else I would like to see in Apex Legends. Is maybe some more settings that you can set around that stuff and make sure it's like, hey, if somebody's spamming this text to chat, text to speech thing like that, like shut them down. That, that sort of thing would be nice. But as a, as purely as an accessibility option for people who have you know maybe tough time reading stuff or have a tough time being able to make out stuff with you know if they can't hear very well or at all or, and things like that like having that function is super super cool but it needs a little bit of tender love and care i think yeah for sure so naturally after i finished apex my friend was like hey let's go try the pop guy again <laughs> and so i was like okay fine i still installed for whatever reason so we went in there one game i'm like you know what? i'm gonna try maybe my problem is third person mode i thought i do i live longer in apex and so i was like i'm gonna try first person and i live longer but it didn't fix anything. Mm-hmm. I still died from uh, Rando, who I never found. And so, like, I told them at the comms, like, you know what? I'm done with Battle Royale games, and I haven't gone back <laughs> either since. <laughs> it's totally fair. If you don't, li- I mean, if you you, it sounds like you've given both of them a fair shake. I gave Fortnite a good chance too. Yeah, and all three of them. Then. Well, all th- yeah, all three of the Battle Royale games, the only ones anyone has ever made. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to pay eighty <laughs> billion dollars for CODs. Uh, which one? Call of Duty. Is there a Paladins Battle Royale yet? Yes, there is. Uh, of course there is. Of course uh-huh. there is. It's definitely not Overwatch, and it's definitely not Fortnite. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. There's just a guy who uh, <laughs> he has a shield uh, that he puts out in front of him. But uh, you get you have horses in that one, so it's Completely a different game. Different. Right, right, right. It's not borrowing from anything else either. When it makes that, it's not borrowing from uh, Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, no, I think that one was called Paladin's Realm Royale. Oh, uh, are those, are those are two separate games. They are the one, I think they are separate launchers, but it's the same, like, art assets and characters oh, and stuff I like that. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, I believe so. Oh. I believe so. Did I play Realm Royale, too, for like a game or two, where you turn into a chicken when you get knocked mm-hmm, out? Yeah, there's yeah. like a hex thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, That's your down five rounds, and I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, uh-huh. That was, yeah, that that was a, a spin-off of Paladins, which is oh. the Overwatch clone, yeah. And then there's Battle Right Battle right Royale, there's Ring of Elysium, Co- Call of Duty has a Battle Royale, Battlefield Five, which apparently did not sell well enough for EA, even though it sold 7.8 million copies. That's it? Only? Only 7.8 million copies, Brie, come on. Um, they are getting one in March, I want to say, even though they launched that game in, like, October. Like, it's wild that they're taking that long to put that out, but I don't know. Just think of the investors, Steve. I know. Think I, of them. Yeah, the, the, really, the people among us who are the most at risk. Yeah, and yeah. the CEOs, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the uh, socialism podcast that we like to do here, uh, and actually, that reminds me a little bit of, uh, I don't know if you've been, I'm 
of all the people that I know that should be following this stuff, if we want to move on to news stuff a little bit, because I think we've talked about a lot of the Who stuff. Who wants to know what Breezer are watching? Oh, what, <laughs> I thought Frasier uh, in Naruto. Uh, I'm done. Steve, I've been done with Frasier for months. Okay, I'm sorry. So, how's Naruto? Uh, and have you seen him the lately? The half episode I watched of the deal making lunch was fine. Okay. <laughs> Game kid would turn into a naked woman and made old guy bleed out of his nose. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. a thing that happens, for sure. <laughs> what have you been watching, Bree? What? So, let me know. Terrace House Opening Doors. I picked that back up. Okay. Yep, yeah, almost caught up there. Uh, for, for people who don't know, what is Terrace House? Terrace House is a Netflix series with, in Japan. Well, it's usually in Japan, I guess. Uh, six strangers are put into a house, three men and three women. And they have no script at all. They're given vehicles. This is wow. the opening to their show. <laughs> and, and we just let them do their thing. The premise, basically, is we hope they fall in love and give us interesting stories. Right, right, right. And uh, these people are not confined to the house. They have their jobs. They have their lives still. And uh, they just live here with each other. Is this just, like, slightly less scripted, the real world? Is that uh, I never watched the real world okay. in my life. Other than that terrible movie. There was a movie? There was a real world, a movie. Merritt, does this does any of this ring any bells to you? Are you familiar with Terrace House or the real world? I I do know what Terrace House is. Um, partly, oh, yeah, I said the words, and uh, <laughs> yeah, my roommate Eric just like turned around and like looked at me because he is a big fan of that. So okay. I I have I know a lot of people who are really into it. Um, it's like yeah, it, I mean it's it's a fun reality show where people live in a house and it's like not a competition and there's like a panel that just like provides running commentary. Oh, is it, is it, is in, hmm. I'm not a reality show person. So like my uh, references are pretty dated in this. Is it more like big brother then, but without like, I don't watch people? reality shows either. This is the first one I've watched since survivor season one. That's about the time that big brother was on the air too. I okay. think <laughs> uh, it's I, just people. It's just nice people yeah. living in a house together. Oh, there's no mean there's stuff. There's drama. It's right. not. <laughs> okay. Well, there's drama, I, but it's not like, but Big no, brother, no, they don't, don't hate think. each other. They don't vote each other out. You just leave when you want to leave. Right, okay. I heard about the coward rice. Yeah, yeah, I, touched, I told you about the coward rice from, uh, from uh, Boys and Girls in the City, but now the latest one I'm caught up on is Saina and uh, Noah. Oh my god, they had a secret little thing that no one knew about. Oh, no. oh. Off camera? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I've also been watching Avatar The Last Airbender, restored that. Right, yeah. And I've been watching Korra. Uh-huh, at the same time. <laughs> Because I love Korosami so much. I'm like, I, I love Korra so much. Hey, if uh, remember, uh, listeners, uh, earlier at the beginning of the podcast where I said Brie talks about Overwatch a lot, the thing that she also talks about a lot, number two on that list, is Korosami. Not yeah. Korra, uh, the Avatar, the character, the no, legend no, no, of Korra. No. no, specifically the ship, Korra and, uh, <laughs> Korra and Asami Sato. Does Korra yeah. have a last name? Uh, no, it's just Korra. Just Korra, okay. Yeah, like, like, this morning I woke up, turned my computer on, I was like, what? What are all these tabs open? Oh, it's all these Korosami pictures. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. You had to go to bed after a long night of looking at fan art. That's right, Like, yeah. like we all do. As you do. Point, uh, or another. Mary, are you an Avatar person at all? I've seen, like, three episodes of it. Um, really? It, and it didn't grab me at the time. I know it's good. And it's, you know, like, at some point, maybe. I don't watch enough TV. Um, but, I mean, I know. It was, it's good. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Korra's good. Uh, she's got biceps. I believe it. I believe oh, yeah, it. She's got biceps. All right. I just started going to the gym lately because I was saying like, I want to look like Cora. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I need to get on that at some point. I really liked uh, Avatar myself back in the day, and I liked uh, what I've seen of Cora, but I fell off in I think halfway through or very early on in season three of Cora. Uh, I believe is where I kind of stopped. That's when. Um, 
anarchist dude. Uh, uh, Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins shows up as the main villain, as, as the main villain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as an anarchist main villain within their within their franchise. So uh, definitely need to get on that now. <laughs> <sighs> Incredible. Uh-huh. Incredible. Okay, I'll let you do news now. <sighs> okay, I guess. <laughs> I mean, we talked about Apex Legends. It's up to 10 million unique players across all platforms now. In, uh, it's been just over a week we're recording this on Tuesday, although you're probably listening to it on Monday, or on Wednesday. God, not mon- next Monday, Jesus. Um, so Apex Legends is still doing, still going strong. The thing I was going to ask you about, specifically about new stuff, Bree, was, uh, I don't know if you had seen, but I think today is the day that we are supposed to be hearing a lot about the shitty stuff going on at Blizzard. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you haven't heard, uh, word on the street is that Activision Blizzard is going to be laying off a bunch of people from Blizzard. Specifically. Mostly Blizzard people today. Uh I talked to a few friends who worked there, and some of them are very nervous. Right. Uh, apparently, it's mo- uh, least going affect. It's going to affect developers the least, allegedly. Okay. But marketing, PR, all that jazz. Like some of my friends are. Yeah, they're, they're very nervous for today and not looking forward to today. And I had heard like I, among that like non-developer stuff, like esports divisions were maybe going to be hit a little bit in this as well. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, we have a drop of heroes at the storm esports right. uh, for this year. Uh, Overwatch League is just starting, but we've had a revamp of contenders. They're, they're second tier scene. They're basically like, uh, what's it in baseball? They're minor uh, league, minor league, basically equivalent of minor league. They had a major change. <laughs> me to think about baseball. Yeah. I don't know. I, I try to equate it to traditional sports when uh-huh. I can, but this coming from someone who knows very little about traditional sports. But uh, yeah, we've seen some hits and hear her talk of trouble brewing at, brewing at Activision Blizzard right. for months now, and mm-hmm. this might be like the big huge thing. Like, all right. Now that we've trimmed the fat in a lot of bunch of places, we're going to get rid of a bunch of employees. Right. Yeah. And while our CEO gets fifteen million dollars. Right. Yeah. I. Uh, Jesus Christ. Yep. Uh, or was it was it a CEO or CFO? Whatever. Something Some like C that. Guy. Whatever that fucking matters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like literally, like last month before this, like the new one of their new executives got like a fifteen million dollar signing bonus in stocks and um, like raw cash and stuff like that mixed across those different multiple different things. And yep, now we are getting to a point where we are going to be dropping. It sounds like hundreds of people from the Activision Blizzard uh, multi-headed beast. And this is also after. You would probably know their name, Mike 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 Morheim, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, stepped down from like an executive role. He's still like on some kind of board of directors or something. Yeah, and that he either did just leave or is about to leave that as a consultant as well. Right. Yeah. And I, 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 this is just kind of based on pure conjecture and like uh, no kind of real inside baseball on my part or anything like that. But I wonder if that was maybe like an insulating force if maybe he had been an insulating force uh an advocate for the blizzard side of things because for many many years the the thing that you heard about blizzard and activision was when they merged uh, the vivendi universal uh, merger happened um who however many decades ago now um that they activision very specifically said blizzard is basically doing their own thing like they we are uh partners uh we do not oversee what they do we don't mess with a good thing, yada, 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 and this seems like kind of the end of that era. This seems like Activision stepping in, the Bobby Kotick's of the world coming in and saying, like, okay, we want you to make... The, the, I think it was Jason Schreier's reporting at Kotaku, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but they basically said, we want you to make more games with less money. So that has led to a lot of talk about mobile games. There's, like, talk about, like, a Pokemon Go-style World of Warcraft thing. There's also a mobile uh, Overwatch game that has been kind of, like, kicked around for a little while now. And, yeah... It sounds like they probably don't want to be hitting the same kind of hardcore audience that they have been hitting for the longest time. 
Uh, and I mean, Diablo Immortal, for all the problems around the, that announcement on, like, both sides of, like, gotta hear both sides, uh, <laughs> of uh, both uh, Blizzard and uh, the fandom uh, overreacting, uh, but also Blizzard kind of making a bad announcement that, like, kind of mishandling that announcement, rather. Um, that definitely seems like it's catered towards a much more casual audience than, you know, people who are still playing Diablo 3 right now for season content, stuff like that. It, I, it's weird to me, I guess. It, it just feels like the end of an era that we have been living in for almost as long as I've been playing video games. Yeah, I've been playing Blizzard games since Rock and Roll Racing on <laughs> Super Nintendo. Right, yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> which I'm still mad they have not put any references to in Blizzard World Map on Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Uh. But no, it's disappointing to see this behemoth uh, of a thing that's been in my life. I have so many friends there. I've applied many times there. Mm-hmm. It's weird. When, even when I know a bunch of people there, they won't, won't hire me. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but for serious, though, um, this, this business has been in my life for so many years. And it's just weird seeing them in the state where they're just not on top of the world, can do no wrong. I mean, in the end, they are still a company. I've never forgotten that. I know this. It's just... Sucks seeing traditional corporate America happen to them. Yeah, yeah, they they felt so insulated for the longest time. I don't, Barrett. Uh, does this any of this resonate with you at all? Or are you much of a Blizzard person? Yeah, no. I mean, to some extent, it does. Um, I don't think I've been quite as involved with um, with Blizzard stuff as the as the two of you have been. Um, but certainly, I've been like aware of all this stuff and um, been sort of like watching as um, these kinds of things unfold, right? And it it is it's really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, I think it, part of it, too, cuts a little deeper because we've seen lately uh, the, the again, the Venn diagram between us and people like Blizzard right now has is starting to cross over because we have seen so many layoffs in me- on the media end of things lately. And that is still kind of a fresh wound, uh, I would say, like with the uh, layoffs at BuzzFeed and the Vice Network and all kinds of different other places. And now you see it affecting video game people. And, not, you know, not even just like the change in layoffs uh, uh, among our two different divisions, but, like, the change in layoffs um, where uh, we have seen a lot of people, like, fight for unions at game developers and and within uh, our own spheres as well, but, like, game developers seem like the ones that, while there are strides being made in media, there is not quite those strides being made in game development, um, and this just feels like yet another consequence of that sort of lack of organization, (laughs) I guess, uh, for people. (laughs) So, can we get someone on next week to talk about uh, unionization? A fucking A. Yeah, I would love to. That would be great. Because I would, I mean, I would love to talk more about it. Like, I, I just don't want to speak out of my ass. Right. Because, like, broadly broadly speaking, I'm like, yes, unions are great. Um, the specifics of how that would happen in a game dev setting, like, what the best way to do that would be to ensure that, like, workers are actually protected and that it actually works. Um I would love to, to know more about that. Yeah, for sure. And like, same here. I I don't have a lot of personal experience with it myself. I was just a freelancer for um, many, many years up until this October. So I haven't actually been in the corporate machine in a capacity where it would matter for that long. But yes, uh, we should definitely look into getting somebody on to talk in uh, greater specifics about that sort of thing. I was just looking to see, update my friend to see if she knows yet, but she doesn't seem to. Nothing? Okay. Well, that's the one of the negatives of uh, recording this thing so early in the week is that we don't really have a lot of sp- specifics about that, but uh, definitely shout-outs to all those people who are who might be affected. Uh, we still don't know the, the severity of it yet, but uh, God, it sucks. <laughs> it really, really does. Um, 
other new stuff, I mean, uh, like, I hate to, you know, start on such a low note and then try to, like, pivot into something, like, pr- hopefully a little bit happier, but there's definitely, like, um, you mentioned Overwatch League is starting this week. Yeah, and Thursday, this other great thing that Blizzard is doing that also <laughs> right. has been gutted by pay cuts and stuff like that. Like, oh my god, there's some stuff I could tell you <laughs> about last year's production. But anyway, Overwatch League starts on Thursday. Um, all week long, they've been doing their preseason, which has not been going so well. Mm. Uh, <laughs> well how so? How, why not? This last weekend was the start of their preseason event called the Community Countdown. Okay. And Nate Nanzer, the head person of Overwatch League, is like, this is a great idea. We're going to get you guys in here doing some real scrims against each other. Show everyone what you got. Well, none of the, none of the teams want to show what they've got before the actual season begins. Yeah. Right? And so all the players got in there and just horsed around. Right. You had pe- <laughs> people who are usually support players playing tanks. So you have like five or six DPS just going at it in these scrims, just goofing Amazing. around. And so I love it. It was amazing. I mean, a lot of people were very upset because fan because it was sold as this to the fans as this great thing. A lot of fans knew what was coming. A lot of fans did not. And so there's that fight. But then on day two, Nate Nanzer's like Nate Nanzer, this head guy was like, "All right, we're gonna fix this. You're gonna play mystery heroes." And what Mystery Heroes is, is it forces everyone, like, when you die, you get a random new hero out of all 29 heroes. Uh-huh. And so that was their fix on day two. Oh, my <laughs> God. Did it help at all? I, no. No? Everyone's just horsing around still. Yeah. Uh, no, here's a question I have about that, because that, that is actually very similar to a thing that has happened in the past with Dota uh, during what they call all-star matches uh, at the uh, at the International uh, every year. And... Do the, the the way they ended up fixing that was these people are just horsing around, but it, it's te- it was two teams made up of fan voted uh, players from other teams. So you would have like this one guy who doesn't speak English playing with this one guy who speaks uh, only English with this other guy who speaks some Chinese and a little bit of German and a little bit of English and and all these other things, and they would put them together on these teams because they were all voted um, across the community. But then they would just, like, mess around and fuck off because there was nothing in it for them. They just had to do it because it was, like, part of the uh, end-of-year championship. The way they ended up, uh, that other, I think, organizations have ended up uh, fixing that, I don't know if Valve has specifically, I haven't kept up a ton with Dota stuff lately, was they basically offered a, a, a monetary prize to, <laughs> to whoever was winning, so they took it much more seriously because there was actually money on the line. Was there any money on the line for these scrims at all? Oh, not for this at all. Well, then, yeah. No, but <laughs> maybe, <laughs> Yeah, why? why? Exactly. So maybe, so last year they had all-star games for Overwatch League as well, a very end of the season. And it was just, again, horsing around. Yeah. And so huh. they're doing it again this year, and maybe they'll change that up. I don't know. Huh. That was a lot of fan and community involvement in getting who gets who. And those people played together, allegedly, before yeah. this whole thing. But no one took it seriously. You'd see the throw picks, like Symmetra and Torbjorn, back when they were throw picks and whatnot. So, that's no. Pretty, that's wild. That's ridiculous. But anyway, the rest of the community countdown seems to be pretty cool. They had 1v1s versus some of the snipers. Okay. And Ana Paintball, which is a great mode where you just have Ana, uh, your sleep dart, does like a million damage. <laughs> it was all shots insta-kill you. <laughs> and it's just paintball, basically. Uh-huh. And then uh, tonight, they're playing Capture the Flag. And then uh, tomorrow night, the talent and some popular streamers from Overwatch are getting together and just playing. Okay. So that's probably going to be much more competitive than what we got this last weekend. Right, because they're doing it, like, because they want to, not necessarily because, like, Blizzard was like, all right, get in there and show them all your best pocket strats and moves yeah. before the, for nothing, for yeah. no pay whatsoever. Exactly. Uh-huh. And so the games begin on Thursday night, and it opens up with a rematch between uh, the London Spitfire and Philadelphia Fusion, the two people who were in the Grand Finals last year. Hmm. That's very cool. That, that part actually sounds 
exciting. I just hope it doesn't have this bizarre specter hanging over it the entire oh, time. Oh, no. Everyone's going to have forgotten it already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll just leave it there. That can be another episode of all the things you hear about why, who does what, and why this person's gone. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely probably loop back to this after uh, Overwatch League has started in, uh, properly, and we, once we know more about what's going on with Blizzard, for that matter. But, Yeah. Uh, other than that, for new stuff, I think the biggest kind of thing to talk about, uh, if we want to just hit it very briefly, is that uh, every game uh, that's releasing in 2019 comes out on Thursday. <laughs> um, what is it? It's it's Anthem, Crackdown 3, um, Metro Exodus, the third Metro game, um, Jump Force, which is the anime crossover game set in the Shonen Jump multiverse, so it's like Goku versus the guy from Death Note and stuff like that. Um, and, and Naruto. Naruto's there too, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and then there, I think there's one more that is, oh, Far Cry New Dawn, uh, which is the, like, expand alone sort of pseudo-sequel to Far Cry 5 that's like $30 or whatever. Have you heard of any of these games, Brie? So, uh, this is a conversation Steve and I have a lot. A few weeks ago, I was like, He's like, do you know what Anthem is? And I'm like, the song by it was a Good Charlotte or whatever it was. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is coming out on Thursday. Yeah, finally. After all these years, the album is coming out. Right. Yeah. And then Metro. Yeah. Uh, I remember the first one was some people in a subway system yep. with flashlights. That was the Metro. That, that's my reference there. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. The last Far Cry game I played uh, was Blood Dragon. Okay. Same. Because uh, okay. I tried playing 3, and the whatever Ubisoft launcher refused to launch it, so I was like, okay, I'll just play Blood Dragon then. That's the last <laughs> one I played. Uh, okay. What were some of the other ones? Crackdown 3. Uh, that's probably the Yanker guy. The crack show you're moving? Yes, uh-huh. you're Crankdown 3, starring yeah. Jason Statham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Fast and the Furious presents uh-huh. Crankdown 3. And then the, the fifth one. Uh, Jump Force. Which yeah, is so my first thought anime. was this game called Hive Jump which is an indie game that came out a few years ago, where they use, like, a quote from me in their Steam page, but I never got a key. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, uh, Bree has definitely... I, I well, don't watch this big in my world. Okay. Well, I was going to say, I don't want you to completely dominate the show, so it sounds like you really know a lot of what you're talking about. Merritt, are you looking forward to any of these oh. games before Bree goes off on... I mean, uh, you know, I, I did play Metro and Lost Light. Oh, really? Um, okay. I really love those games. Like they're some of my favorite FPS games um, in the last, you know, decade or so, Mm -hmm. because um, I don't know, like post-apocalypse is just like, it's so, I, I think I was burnt out on it like five years ago, but it's like, it feels different because it's so Russian. Those games just make no concession for like, and like American audiences mostly although i will say like the the english vo is is pretty good right um but but just like oh it's it's like the opposite of american post-apocalypse to me because american post-apocalyptic stories are typically about like a new frontier Mm -hmm. right um they're basically like westerns like fallout is is just like wide open spaces you you're just untethered um you can just wander around and they have all, you know, the same ideological baggage as, right. as Westerns do, which isn't to say they can't be fun. Metro is the opposite of that because it's like, uh, no, actually the surface is totally fucked. It's like super irradiated and we all live underground in, in really um, uh, small tunnels. We live in like the old subway system and um we never go above ground. And the parts when you do go above ground in that game, you have a gas mask on or like a 
gas mask and a few other things. And like, if you get shot, it starts cracking. Mm-hmm. And uh, it like the gas mask like is on your overlay, like it's on on your screen. You can see through it, and it starts fogging up and cracking, and it's so terrifying. And so like in that game, you want to be underground. Like underground in the dark is safe. Um, and in that respect, it just feels like completely different from any other post-apocalypse game I've played. Um, so I know, I don't know, maybe I will play the next one, but the next, it's open world though, right. isn't it? It's, I've got good news for you. Uh, everything that you just said you like about those games is out the window with Metro Exodus. I know, I know, yeah, so I don't know. The whole know. thing is, it's, I mean, for people who don't know, in Metro Exodus, you go above ground. Like, that's the whole thing. Yeah. And it's like, uh, why would you, I don't know. Open world games are just... Why don't why why I'll take a a well done on rails story, especially in first person, over an open world game like any day of the week. Right, and just based on the preview that I think I edited for our website, it does sound like this is it is it is open world in the very loose sense. It is open the world in the way that like maybe like even a Dragon Age Inquisition is not even quite that open. Okay, because it's like you are on a train. And you're moving from open zone to open zone to open zone. And I don't think you ever go backwards. So, like, once you... It's a lot more freedom of movement within the levels, but they're still basically levels. I see. Uh, See, that's kind of disappointing to me because, to me, like, the lack of freedom of movement was, like, one of the kind of unique things about that game. Right. Uh, and it's, it sounds like they kind of, like, still kind of try to uh, have their cake and eat it, too, by just having, like, a lot of dungeons where that are, like, take uh, you underground, yeah. but for, like, side quests and whatnot. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. And, you know, like, um, it, it, it could be good. I don't know. The, my thing right now is uh, ever since I got a Switch, playing games on a console just it feels like work to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the same way as when I got a console, um, playing games on a computer felt like work. Now it's like I don't want to have to go to a certain place in my house and like sit in front of a TV and blah blah blah. I'd rather just be able to like lay on the couch and like hold my switch above my head or whatever. So like my my sort of like things that I am playing uh is very heavily influenced by is it on the switch lately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. Switch when I got one of those was took over a lot of my time. Right. It's a game changer. Like I don't want to hold a controller. I want to play it on my fancy Game Boy. Yeah. Well, uh, the, you're both in luck because I guess there's like, there's also rumors. I have not looked into this, to this too deeply, but there's talk about like a, another revision of it that is going to be like more focused on taking it on the go and less connected to the TV dock thing. I think is what they were talking okay. about because uh, it was the kind of the idea is that the 3DS is kind of finally reaching its lifespan, and Nintendo has not been a one console manufacturer forever, probably not since like, yeah. the original Game Boy. Um, and there's kind of talk about like what what the next replacement for for that will be and it sounds like it might be like a maybe a switch that can't dock or something like that a 4ds mm. a 4ds there you go uh-huh. it moves through time <laughs> as well <laughs> the rpg you have no time for now you do yes <laughs> you enter the hyperbolic time chamber speaking of anime uh piccolo is there and he teaches you how to do the fusion dance but in real in the real world only one day has passed did you put this in chrono trigger terms God. um let's see so you go inside of the end of time. No, the end of eternity. End of time. End of time. Uh-huh, end uh-huh. of eternity is an Isaac Asimov book. Um, the end of time, and time stops there. Okay. And you enter the machine, and you're not tired anymore, but you're still hungry. The Inertron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
That's my reference to time travel that's not Star Trek or Back to the Future. There you go. <laughs> Doctor Who is there. Oh, yeah, Doctor, oh, the Doctor. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Okay. And Bruce Willis is calling himself in the future or something. <laughs> right, right, right. That's a terrible movie. I'm, Who knows? Yeah. He, brought by, he brought me back in. As for me, for games this week, I'm, I think I'm probably... I am bought in on Anthem, but it seems like people are very ambivalent about that game right now. Especially you, Brie. I know you have very strong okay, for feelings. Okay, for, for real, I, I did look into Anthem besides oh, okay. after listening to the song again on Spotify. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I watched footage and people playing it. Like, that just seems so dull. I did not like Destiny 2. It mm. seems like Destiny 2 with Flight or Superhero Destiny 2. And I was like, this is... No interest to in me at all. Are you much of a Mass Effect person at all? I have never. No, I played the first Mass Effect, got lost in the big city, capital city in the beginning, and never touched it again. <laughs> okay. When a game annoys me, <sighs> I give up on it. Yeah, it sounds like it. And so a bunch of people told me just jump to Mass Effect Two. I mm. keep meaning to. I just haven't gotten to it. Yet. Oh, okay. And Merritt, you had said on I think last week's episode that you are a big Mass Effect person. Oh yeah, I've played all three of the Mass Effect games that exist. Yes, all the ones, that, <laughs> and there are no others. I don't know why you even have to uh, specify that. Yeah, That's weird. Uh, that, that was a weird thing to say. Uh-huh. Huh? <laughs> it's like the One Matrix movie, Steve. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> reloaded is okay. One Matrix movie. <laughs> oh, wait, were there Matrix movies? I don't know. I don't... Well, no, there is one Matrix movie, and it's not very... Sorry, that's a oh. different opinion for another time. <laughs> Merrick, um, a big Animatrix because... fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, we... I mean, we are, like, we're at the hour mark so i don't want to get into my matrix opinions um because i could fill a whole podcast with that yes, but same. who would want to listen to it nobody i would i could talk about trans stuff my thoughts don't matter <laughs> because i don't think the matrix is a good movie <laughs> the end but moving off moving off of we'll that come back to this next week <laughs> well, so steven, steven i want you to you're going to teach me how to play Apex Legends this mm-hmm. week, okay? Yep, we're going to we're going to do it on stream. Me, you, and John are going to try and we're going to drop on the large yes. in the full view of the public, <laughs> showing my entire ass as I fumble around to get a gun, try to punch someone for like the sixth time, and it never ever works because this isn't PUBG and you can't jump and punch them in the head. I punched someone the other day to death. Oh my god, it's so satisfying <laughs> in PUBG. Every time I've tried in Anthem, it does not seem to it work. Does I think very the punches damage. are much less powerful. I have it on yeah. stream. I punched someone to death. Or not Anthem, sorry, Apex. In Apex. In, in Apex, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Did you actually punch them or did you do that like hold down square kill animation? Thing? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so you punched them. Okay. <laughs> you hit R3. Every time it. I've tried the kill thing in um, in Apex, I forget that when, there, when there's one guy around, there's like two more. <laughs> and so someone just shoots me in the back during the animation. I've never completed that. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, that yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I did that too. You can like uh, customize it and stuff like that. It's like a loot drop that you can get sure. custom kill animations with it. Yeah, that was like in uh, Titanfall 2. You could do yep. that too. Like there were, there's one where you... Uh, warped out of reality and then like appeared back inside the other person uh-huh. and they exploded oh. like it was basically like titanfall 2 went straight on like mortal combat, mortal combat fatalities yeah. absolutely it absolutely did. Uh, apex will get there i bet <laughs> it has to it has to check out that battle pass in march <laughs> just catch it uh yeah, I think that is probably going to be all we need to talk about for right now. Uh, people are going to be able to watch us on stream here sometime this week once we figure out what we want to do with that. Uh, Bree, uh, people can find you on... You know, I always tell people, go follow me on Twitter, and I start spelling it so I spell it wrong. I just go to sabriel.me. It has links to all my socials, everything I do. Oh, and you don't have to hear me spell my name wrong. Okay. Anything? <laughs> anything? Have you worked on anything recently you want to direct people to? Or just, uh, just no, social? I'm just doing a bunch of Overwatch League coverage starting next week, waiting for that to begin. Okay. Kind of okay. a little lull here. 
and Merit. Um, I think this is something both of us can speak to, but you specifically have uh, been really spearheading the content on the website for this. It is currently Kiss Week at fanbyte.com. Yeah, no, we're big Gene Simmons fans mm-hmm. here. <laughs> um, so We all got that muscle uh, under our tongue cut so that we can stick our tongues out really long. So in uh, I was searching Kiss Week on Twitter, and apparently... Uh, we're also in the midst of something called OC Kiss Week, where I think people draw their original characters kissing. Um, so we weren't the first to that, surprisingly. But no, we are doing Kiss Week at Fanbyte, and um, we're just posting content about about kissing all mm-hmm. week. And um, today, uh, yesterday, if this goes up on Wednesday, we, we got up a piece on um, Dragon Age romances, the worst ones that there are. Um, and we also uh, did a video on that, too, and that should be up by now. And um, there was a piece that went up on Monday about ranking the Super Smash Brothers characters, not in terms of their combat ability, but in terms of their kissability. That one was very controversial. I did have to make an editor's note that um, the author's placement of King K. Rule at the bottom tier did not reflect fanbite or its values. <laughs> um, that is very but, true. But, you know... But, you know, I, it's just about sparking conversation, right? We just want to just start a conversation. Right. Um, you know, we're just trying to, we're trying to start these we things. We want to reach so, across the aisle um, and really just get Yeah, sides, we really like want to, d- exactly. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what we're all about. Um, someone did tell us to stop putting politics in games for the Resident Evil piece uh, because an actual scientist <laughs> said in the mildest possible terms, vaccines are good. Um, so I, that's they're probably part of the pro zombie lobby, though this person. So right. I'm not too worried about that. Um, but yeah, all week long, baby, it's Kiss Week. We have the Dark Souls piece that was actually from a, a while ago, mm-hmm. but um, it ranks every Dark Souls boss by kissability. And I learned in reading that piece um, two crucial facts. The first is that there is a boss in Dark Souls called the Gaping Dragon. <laughs> yep, there sure, there sure is. What's the other one? And uh, the uh, oh, just wait. The other just one. Wait, the other one that I uh, that I learned the name of is called Ceaseless Discharge. <laughs> so, um, you know, those are you know, it's like uh, we're Dark Souls One is a modern classic. Uh, uh, <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm, I'm tweeting, like, I'm having trouble with ceaseless discharge and the gaping dragon. Can anyone help me? And it's like, I mean, have you seen your gynecologist? Like, what? how did they come up with these names? I don't get it. It's bizarre. It's incredible. Dark Souls is the game of the year, this year, every year. Um, you know, put it, put it on your list, put your control in your hand, and go find that, that, gaping dragon you know i actually i really super i'm gonna say this out loud so i don't forget because i need to find a link for you which is a part of an interview where like the art designer who created the gaping dragon was like being given directions by the director of that game uh and like he's describing how not yannick enough more yannick oh it's it's 
you'll see the thing. It's it's like, he okay. just goes. It's just like this incredibly long quote about like talking about how the gaping dragon needs to look, and it's just like one long sentence where he's just like, "Can't you like capture the essence of this majestic beast that was once great but has fallen into disrepair and decay over the course of centuries?" And it's just it's so so aggro and beautiful, and I love it. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna find it for you. <laughs> you know, you know, it, it reminds me of that like awful image that was going around Twitter a couple of years ago with like the two ham sandwiches and like people think that having sex makes your vulva explode or something um because it was like my daughter is vulva taylor swift and first of all it's like why are you pretending that this ham sandwich is a picture of your daughter's genitals sir Um, why are you doing this sir excuse sir um sir 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 i just want to like i want a clip of like Leon from Resident Evil 4 just being like, uh, sir? Um, <laughs> in like the first five minutes of that game. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's, that, that is the gaping dragon. Um, that, that, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if someone had edited that image to put that on there. So um, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, for... Dark, I didn't know Dark Souls had like imagery. You know, I hadn't really heard. I thought it was a pretty straightforward... Mm-hmm hack and slash kind of thing with no mystery or weird stuff going on so right yeah there's not really it's what you see is what you get with dark souls for sure for sure yeah 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 yeah. uh as for me you can find me on twitter i am at steven strum at steven with a v uh you can find me on fanbyte.com mostly lately i've just been talking about apex legends and editing people's guides but i'm always like Merritt mentioned we will probably be playing some Apex Legends this week. We will, of course, be back next week for another episode of Fan With when we are going to talk, I'm sure, about some of these uh, enormous games that have come out. Do you want to say something, Brie? And the Matrix. And the Matrix. <laughs> We're committing to it now. No, I'm putting a podcast long moratorium <laughs> on the Matrix. We'll do a spin off for Brie. the It'll duration of this entire show. <laughs> Um, and yeah, uh, other than that, I think we're good to go this week. Uh, so I just have to say our very famous catchphrase that we definitely, uh, settled on last week, which is... Yeah. What was that? There is no ethical consumption under capitalism. (laughs) Remember, folks. Oh, is that... It just rolls off the top. Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog. No, yes, exactly. It's the Sonic the Hedgehog. No, no. Sonic the Hedgehog. What if it's just Sonic the Hedgehog? Sonic the Hedgehog. That's our new sign-off. I like, like, be bad and be bad at it. That way, it's nothing like another podcast. Uh, it's a work in progress. We'll get there. Uh, we'll get no, there. no, the one we said last week. Because goddamn it, we, I'm committing to it for now until we come up with something better. Keep gaming, gamers. Oh, it's so Keep good. gaming, gamers. It's so good. Keep on gaming in the free world. <laughs> and a boop boo doo doo. Beware the dangers of the free market. <laughs> good enough. <laughs> All right, I think we're good. All right, cool. Yeah, we did it. We did it. Yeah,